Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Women in Motorsports, sponsored by the International Women's Motorsports Association and Send Out Cards. I want to welcome you to the show tonight. It is the day after Labor Day. All the kids went back to school if they were going to school, and Facebook has been flooded today with back-to-school pictures. So um, in Michigan, we're winding down in the racing season, which is sad because it doesn't feel like we got to see very many races this summer because of Mother Nature. But there's some good racing still going on, and ARCA is one of the series that's um, still going on hot and heavy. And we're lucky enough tonight that we have Tony Bridinger here with us. She has been racing in the ARCA series a few races. Um, I met Tony back in June at the Michigan race. And I was uh, waiting to talk to Natalie Decker. And I walked up into her pit booth or pit spot. And there was this cute young girl sitting in a chair just watching what was going on. And we, she and I started talking. And then she told me that she also drives for Venerini Motorsports. She just wasn't driving that day. And so we um, got to know each other a little bit that day. And then we've seen Tony a few other places along the way this summer. Right now she's in Indiana. She's getting ready for a big race this weekend. So we're gonna get started talking to her and welcome Tony, glad to have you on the show. Thank you, I'm very glad to be on the show. So Tony, why don't you start by telling us just a little bit about yourself. Um, where you grew up, you know, um, your family, your schooling, that kind of thing, and pets, anything about you personally that you're willing to share. Okay, totally. Um, so I'm from the Bay Area in California. That's where I was born and raised. Um, I basically lived there all my life until I moved this year. Um, so right now I also kind of stay in Charlotte, North Carolina. I kind of bounce between places depending on my schedule. Um, but yeah, so I was born and raised there. Um, I have two siblings. I have an older brother and I also have a twin sister. Um, and I never really, I never raced with my brother, but me and my twin sister both raced against each other, um, our entire life. Um, so yeah, we started off in go-karts when we were nine years old and then we did that for about seven years. So we were in go-karts for quite a while. And then we moved up into the USAC HPD midget series. I did that for about four years. Once I got a championship in that, I decided it was time to kind of move on and move up the ladder a little bit. So um, last year is when I first got into USAC Silver Crown car, and that's also when I first started racing stock cars. Um, so I did two USAC Silver Crown races last year, and this year I'm doing the full pavement season. Um, and then I did a few stock car races last year, and then I decided to make a jump to ARCA this year. Um, which was really great. I did three ARCA races. Um, so yeah, hopefully for next year, I'm hoping um, to hopefully do like a full ARCA season or more ARCA races and definitely another full um, USAC Silver Crown pavement schedule. Yeah, that's that's been a full career of racing already, but it's exciting how you've moved up. And your twin sister, I was telling you before we started, I found her on Facebook somehow. I don't know how. And I kind of connected the two, but I didn't know you were twins. So that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So was it very competitive between you? Did you like, you know, really you got on the track and she was the one you wanted to beat the most or not? Um, I mean, we always were like so close in times, like always we were qualifying next to each other. There was multiple times where we started on the front row together. So we were always near each other in the race. Um, We've always raced against each other really hard. 
Um, and we've like known each other's driving style since we raced against each other for so long. Like I could totally just predict what she's going to do next and she could do the same with me. So we kind of, kind of like could predict what each other were going to do. Um, but we never wrecked each other before, which is a little bit surprising. Um, but I feel like we always raced against each other very hard, but we still kind of gave each other that just a little extra space. <laughs> yeah. I, I was going to ask you if you'd ever wrecked each other. My yeah. granddaughters yeah. used to race quarter midgets against each other. And um, for most of the time they were in different classes, but that was my kind of fear that they'd get in the same class and then they'd be like, oh gosh, this is not going to be good. But that never happened with them either. So that was good. So when you were a kid, did you play with dolls or cars? Um, Both actually. I definitely, I was definitely into Barbie dolls. I played with a lot of Barbie dolls, but I also had those little cars um, from the car movies. Um, that uh -huh. would roll back when you like pull them back and then they go. So I played with, I played with both. <laughs> at the race, okay. with cars. I'd say at home, I played with Barbie dolls. <laughs> okay. All right. Sounds good. So Tony, how old are you? Are you still in, in college or? Um, so I graduated high school in 2017. Um, and I chose just to focus entirely on my racing career. Um, and kind of put all my focus towards that instead of going to college. Um, so right now I'm still focusing just entirely on my racing, but I'm 19 years old. Okay. All right. Still very young. <laughs> very young to be in those fast cars. I've seen you go around the track. So um, as a kid growing up, did you follow like NASCAR and the other kind of racing as well? Was your family really involved in all that or just more so like the, the midget racing quarter uh -huh. or? Yeah, so when I was racing go-karts, we followed a lot of more of like the open-wheel IndyCar stuff. Um, I didn't really know much about NASCAR until I started doing oval racing. Um, so really about like four years ago when I got into the midgets, like I really honestly didn't even know what a midget was until my dad kind of told me one day, hey, you're going to drive this car. Um, and that was probably about five years ago. So I really had no idea anything about the whole oval world or anything. I was just knew about, you know, go-karts and kind of like the formula car stuff. Um, so yeah, about five years ago was when I started getting more into the whole oval racing scene. And that's when I realized like, hey, there's these things called stock cars and late models. And then I was like, and that leads to NASCAR. And I kind of put the pieces together and I was like, this is what I want to do. So yeah, I didn't really know much about NASCAR or anything like that until about five years ago. Okay. So you said you ran some late model races this year. What series is that in? Yeah, so I did one for a late model race at Madera Speedway. Um, they have a little series, out, actually a pretty big series out there. They get a really good car count, and it's all on Mav TV. So mm -hmm. I ran one of those races, and that was a lot of fun. I'm hoping to maybe do one more um, a little bit later this year, but we'll see. So I did a series out there, and then I did a couple super late model races out at the Bullring in Las Vegas. Okay, and how was that? Um, that was good. Um, definitely was different driving the super late model compared to the late model. Um, but it was a lot of fun. Both. I learned a lot of both. Yeah. I watch Mav TV quite a bit. And so I'm familiar with Madeira and all the series they have. They have a great track and a lot of, a lot of car count. It looks yeah, like. It's so. a really great show, so. Yeah, it, it is. If nobody's watching Mav TV, they got to get on and watch. Cause if you love racing, you can, you can watch a lot of good racing from people that maybe aren't quite the big names yet, but they will be because there's there's some kids that are young that are really successful 
that race out there. So, so the what car do you drive for ARCA and what's the car number? Um, so for ARCA, I was in the 55 for Event Training Motorsports, um, and I did three races. Okay, and so where, what three races did you do? Uh, my first race was at Madison. That was my debut. And then my second race was the week after at Gateway. And then after that, um, the week later, I raced at Chicago. So every week the track got bigger and a little bit more difficult. <laughs> yeah, and Chicago was really difficult because of the heat. Yes, definitely. It I think Madison might have been a little bit hotter and my AC wasn't working. So maybe that's why I thought it was hotter. But my AC wasn't working during the race. I was like, oh, my gosh, these cars get super hot. I really realized it then. Yeah, I don't know about the temperature there, but I know Chicago was brutal. So we were there for four days and I was ready to come home. So I, it, it was bad. But, yeah, we got to see you race there, which was which was a lot of fun. So um, you raced with Venerini for the ARCA series. So why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about, like, how did you go from where you were racing before to get to race in the ARCA series? How does that work? Um, so basically, um, I mean, I think I made um, a pretty big jump. I feel like people, most people probably spend a little bit more time racing late models and super late models um, than what I did. But I feel like I got into the stock car scene a little bit late and I kind of, this opportunity to race ARCA came about. So I was like, you know, I might as well go for it, give it a try. Um, and yeah, so I'm really glad that I kind of made that jump. It was a little bit scary at first, um, but I'm definitely glad I did it. Um, so yeah, I mean, definitely, I you know, I went from the Midget Series and then definitely the Silver Crown cars helped a lot with the transition, um, just because those cars do have a lot of horsepower and the races are a little bit longer. Um, so that definitely helped um, with the transition into ARCA. And then those few stock car races that I did were also very helpful as well. Yeah, because you you did make the you went up the ladder fairly quick after you got out of the cart. So, yeah, mm -hmm. but you've you did very well. So it's obvious that you've got some talent there that you're you're uh, driving those cars with. So you're what did you say you are? 18, 19 years old. Nineteen. I just turned nineteen a couple months ago. Okay, you turned nineteen. So what do your friends think about you driving a race car? Um, I mean, most of my friends, um, you know, since I never moved or anything, they've known me since I'd say like, you know, elementary school when I first started racing. So it's nothing out of the ordinary for them. They always knew like me and my sister were the little race car drivers. Um, so yeah, I mean, definitely when I introduce myself to new people, they're a little bit caught off guard by it. Um, but all my friends, it's just typical for them. <laughs> okay. That's just normal for you. Like some girls play softball yes. and you, and you drive a race car. Yeah. So um, when you get up to the starting line, you know, and you're parked, you're out there or you're going around the track waiting for the green flag to drop. What do you think about? Um, hmm, I probably think about, well, kind of depends on the car. If I'm in the ARCA car or stock car, I'm like, okay, like, let's make sure I'm in the right gear right now. And I kind of just focus on just really focus on like, you know, like, let's get a good restart. Let's, you know, not miss a shift here. Um, but with, you know, the open wheel cars, I don't have to shift on the start. So it makes my job a little bit easier. Um, but mm -hmm. I also just kind of focus, um, with the silver crown car, there's so much horsepower. So I kind of like make sure I'm calm and I'm not going to get on the gas too fast and get the car loose. Um, but yeah, definitely just really focused in that moment. Um, I usually think the team real quick over the radio, but definitely just focused on the race that I have ahead. 
So what was the biggest adjustment between super late or late models into the ARCA series? What was the thing you think was the hardest for you to, to change or your driving style? What was it? Um, I mean, I never really got, like, I never really picked up habits from the late models or the super late models since I just didn't drive them a whole bunch. But the one thing I did notice was ARCA cars are a lot heavier. Um, so you can't drive them as deep into the turns as you can with the super late model. Um, you can have to back your turn up a little bit. And also with the late model and super late model races that I did, the races weren't quite as long. So definitely with like the ARCA cars and the ARCA races, like they're long races. So you can't just focus on, you know, running fast laps every lap. You kind of have to back your turn up a little bit and really pay attention to not abusing the brakes or the tires. Okay. Yeah. So in your racing career, let's take your sister out of the mix. What was your, did you have a favorite person to race against besides her? Um, or even now in the ARCA series, do you have a favorite person? Um, honestly, when I was on the track, I wasn't very familiar with who I was racing against. Um, just cause I was kind of like the new person in the series. So if someone was next to me, I wasn't like, oh, hey, that's so-and-so next to me. Unless they were my teammate, then I knew. But other than that, I didn't really um, know which driver was next to me, I guess, um, just since I wasn't racing against them for very long. Yeah. So you just focused on what you were doing and didn't worry about the the guy next to you or the gal. Exactly. It doesn't matter who it is. <laughs> There's exactly. Mr. Venerini told, uh, I know you've met TK, my little friend that's nine. She was with us at the races. And when she interviewed Mr. Venerini, um, we asked him why he seems to have more women on his team than anybody else. And, and you know, he said one because he he likes to give women a chance in a man's sport. He's always done that. He had an all-female pit crew way, way back in the day. But um, he also, you know, he said to TK, when the when they get in the car, they're a race car driver. It's not a guy or a woman. They're just a race car driver. And I I spelled that a lot that he said that. I think that's a great, great comment from him. So why don't you tell me a little bit about your relationship with him and having those women on your team? Yeah, so it's really great. I mean, Ventrini, they have such a long history of supporting women and really giving um, females an opportunity in racing, whether it's being on the crew or driving. Um, so I really loved being with that team. They're all really amazing. It's like a really big family. Um, so that team was amazing to be on. I'm really glad that's the team that I went with. Um, and my teammates racing with females. And I also had a female um, as my um, part of my pit crew. And that was just really amazing. Um, it's really empowering to be around other females and just such like um, a really great environment like that. It's really great. And it makes um, a really good race weekend just to be around such a positive space. So who was the gal that was on your pit crew? Do you know? Oh my gosh, I can't remember her name, but she, she, I think she was definitely on the crew multiple times this year. I feel bad for forgetting her name, but um, she did a great job. That was really awesome to see that. I just was curious because I met uh, a girl through Facebook who Brianna Daniels. I, I met her. That sounds very familiar. Yeah, I think. And then I do think there was another gal too, but that's the one that I kind of connected to. We're going to try to get her on the show here one of these days yeah, too. It's very impressive what she does. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So what do you look forward to the most on race day or race weekend? Um, 
definitely just getting seat time and getting laps in those cars is what excited me the most. And just having that opportunity um, to make laps and kind of, you know, get my name out there a little bit and just show what I can do. Okay. And what's your routine? What is your routine on race day? Like what do you eat a certain thing? Do you do things in a certain order? Are you superstitious? Um, <laughs> I don't think I, I don't really have anything superstitious. Um, I always make sure I get, you know, good night's rest, obviously. Um, I never really, you know, I just kind of had like, you know, my typical morning. Um, and I just kind of, you know, followed the schedule that they had, I guess. I didn't really do anything superstitiously. Um, just had my typical morning, you know, went to the track, um, did whatever interviews I had to get done and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I never have, I don't really have any superstitions or anything that I follow on race day. <laughs> so do you eat track food or do you eat healthy food at the track? Um, definitely healthy food. I'm actually, um, vegan, so I can't really eat much track food unless I just want to survive on French fries for the day. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I actually, every single race I did, I had my dad get me a Subway sandwich. So that's what I ate at every single race. <laughs> okay. Well, that's a good plug for Subway. They should be on your car, shouldn't they? Yeah, they should. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so, um, I know there's other girls and women that race with you and you've made obviously good connections and friends with them. So if a, if a mom or a young girl came up to you and said they wanted to start out in racing, what would be your advice to both either the mom or the mom and the daughter? Um, first of all, I told them that's a very good idea and they should totally go for it. Um, and definitely the best place to start, I think is go karts or quarter midgets. Um, I started off in go-karts, so I wouldn't really be able to give much information on the whole quarter midget side of things. Um, but I think go-karts are definitely a really great place to start. And that's where many amazing race car drivers start off. So that's definitely always a good place to start. You know, smart start small and move your way up. There's no need to rush through it. Okay. Good advice. So how did your, like, it sounded like maybe your dad was kind of instrumental in you racing. How about your mom? How did she feel about having her twin daughters out on that racetrack? My mom has always been very supportive of it. Um, she definitely gets nervous during races. I haven't seen her during a race, but I know from other people that she does get nervous. Um, but she's definitely my biggest supporter, and she's always been the one pushing me if I ever felt discouraged um, at any point. She's like, no, you have to keep trying. You have to, you know, go for it. So she's always been my biggest supporter. Yeah. So do they come to um, a lot of the races? I mean, California is a ways to travel especially you're in the Midwest. So have they been to the races to watch you this summer? Yeah. So they, both my parents went to all of my ARCA races. Um, and then with the open wheel races that I do, my dad is the car owner and mechanic. So he's definitely there all the time. And then my mom tries to make it out to as many races as she can, but with the travel, it is a little bit difficult. Um, so she won't be here this weekend, but she's usually here. This is like the only race that she's missed. Okay. So what are you going to be doing this weekend as far as racing? Um, so this weekend I will be racing a USAC Silver Crown car at Lucas Oil Raceway. Okay. And what day and when is that race going to be? Um, that will be Saturday. I don't know the exact time, but usually the race starts around 7 or 8 o'clock. They're all night races. Okay. All right. So of all the racing that you've done, you, you know, you're doing Silver Crown, you did some late model, you did ARCA, regardless of the you know, prestige of ARCA, maybe over some of the others. What is your favorite car to drive, actually? Um, 
it's a tough question. Definitely, the USAC Silver Crown cars are definitely the most challenging car, I think, um, that I drive. Um, so they're definitely a handful, and I like the challenge that they give me. But the ARCA cars are also very challenging just because, you know, I don't have much experience in stock cars. Um, definitely, I think the ARCA car, when I race it, it's a little bit more special since I can't race it as much with the USAC Silver Crown car. My dad owns the car, so it's a little bit easier for me to do those races. Um, mm -hmm. So probably with the ARCA car, I get a little bit more excited just because that's, you know, the direct path to move up to, through the ladders to go to NASCAR. I mean, that's what I want to do. So um, I probably get, you know, the most excited to race that. But I also love racing the USAC Silver Crown cars. They're really, really cool cars. Um, a lot of amazing racers and NASCAR drivers have driven those cars and been successful in them. So if I were to ever, you know, just win one of those races, it would be really amazing. Well, maybe, well, maybe this, week, this week. Maybe. Gonna, that'd gonna be really cool. <laughs> exactly. Ooh, I'm getting, I'm getting feedback. feedback. All right. All let right, me. Let me this down a little bit. Can you still hear me okay, Tony? Yes, I can. Okay, good. <clears throat> so, what has been your proudest moment in your racing career? Um, probably, I'd say, hmm, definitely, probably, with my ARCA debut, getting a top 10. Um, that was my goal. Um, so, that's probably definitely one of my proudest moments, but also um, I won the USAC HPD Midget West Coast Pavement Championship in 2016. Um, and that one I'd say I'm definitely really proud about just because, you know, you have to be consistent all year um, to achieve that. So I definitely put in my hard work all year. And it's something that I wanted because I got second two years in a row before that. So I was like, third time's a charm. I have to get a championship this year. Um, so definitely that's one of my proud moments too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You don't want to always be the bridesmaid. You want to be the bride, right? <laughs> be the winner. So social media is big. You know that. You're the millennial age and even younger. Um, so what, what do you, how do you use social media to brand yourself, to promote yourself? Because a lot of the tracks, you know, something goes wrong, they get slammed. It's a lot of negativity. So we're we're a big big proponent of positivity and and sharing the good things that happen at the tracks. So how do you use social media for yourself and your racing? Yeah, so I always post updates, um, kind of what's going on with my career and what's going on with my life on my social media. Um, and always, you know, whenever I have a race coming up, I'll post like, "Hey, I'm doing this race," and I try to update my social media throughout race day. Sometimes it gets hard just because it can get hectic. But I always say, hey, it's race day. And then afterwards, I'll kind of tell people like what results happen throughout the race weekend. Um, so that's basically what I use my social media for. And I'll kind of put some things in with my personal life so people could kind of see, um, you know, my personal life and not just entirely what I do at the racetrack and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, I have an Instagram, Twitter and a Facebook page that I try to use as much as possible. So why don't you share with us? How people could follow you on those? What are the links to those? Um, so my Instagram is my name, Tony Breidinger. And then my Twitter is the same thing, just Tony Breidinger. And my Facebook page is Tony Breidinger Racing. So it's pretty easy to okay. find my name. <laughs> it, it is easy to find you. So I encourage people to get on those the social media and follow you. So why, I, I kind of know the answer, but I'm going to ask you anyway for the people that maybe don't. 
why is it important, do you think, for people to get to know you personally besides as Tony the race car driver? Um, I think that's how you really become like a true fan of someone is when you can relate to them and, you know, not just be like, I like how they drive on the racetrack. You know, you have to like somebody as a person to really like be a fan of them. Um, and it's fun. Like, I think just to get to know me, like, I don't want to seem like distant or like just a race car driver. Um, you know, I want to be like friends with everyone and like everybody to be able to like relate to me, um, and just get to know my personality and everything like that. So when you're not racing, what are things, what are some other things that you like to do? Um, usually I'd say I'm definitely into like the whole working out thing. Um, I have a trainer that I usually go to out in Charlotte. So I work out a bunch. Um, and also just hanging out with friends, you know, when I'm not traveling, I like to just have some downtime and usually relax and not really do any huge activities, but just kind of hang out with friends, you know, get lunch, stuff like that. <laughs> Okay. Shopping. Girls like shopping. <laughs> so you're, you're still early in your career, but what are some of the goals that you have for your racing career? Um, I'd say, you know, my biggest goal is to end up in the NASCAR Cup Series. Um, and definitely my goal before that is just to move through the ladder system and be successful in each series that I race in. Um, you know, definitely would love to do a full season of ARCA next year and maybe get some wins, that'd be really cool. But if not, definitely would want to place in the top five, you know, have some solid finishes um, and then just kind of move up every year, every other year and just, you know, keep progressing and keep improving my driving. Okay. That's, that's good goals right there. So um, are you too young to have a bucket list? Uh I made one a really, really long time ago in middle school because I had us all make one, but I don't really have one right now. Okay. My bucket list is to visit every NASCAR track where the cup, you know, cup cars run. Awesome. So I, I've done a few and I still have quite a few to do, yeah. but no, that's, that's one of the things yeah. <laughs> on my bucket list. So when you originally started racing, when you were, you were young, maybe what were you five, six years old when you started? Actually I started when I was nine. So nine. it sounds young to a lot of people that, you know, aren't into racing, but to people that are in racing, they're like, Oh, it's like a little bit old. Cause so many kids start when they're like five or six. It's crazy. But I started when I was nine. Okay. So you started when you were nine. So when you started racing, um, did you think at the time, Oh, I'm going to someday be a NASCAR driver or someday I'm going to be an ARCA driver. Or did you just kind of do it for fun and didn't really think that far ahead? Um, definitely when I was nine, I was like, I'm going to be a race car driver when I'm older. But in my head, I was like, I'm going to do everything. I'm going to do IndyCar. I'm going to do NASCAR. I'm going to drag racing. I was like, I'm going to do it all. Obviously, <laughs> it doesn't really work like that. But I didn't really know much. But um, definitely right now, my focus is on NASCAR. Okay. So um, given the things that you know now about the things that you've gone through to get where you are, because there's a lot of young girls and guys that would love to be driving an ARCA car in one race, much less three. So what advice would you give to them? What do they need to do to be able to get themselves noticed and into the ARCA series? Um, definitely just, you know, try to get in a race car as much as possible. It doesn't 
have to even be a stock car. I mean, I raced midgets for a very long time, um, and it's a very different car, but it's still it's still racing and it still helps. So, um, you know, you don't have to even be in like necessarily like the best ride as long as you're in the car getting laps and making, um, you know, just getting out there and racing and kind of getting your name out there and just improving your driving. You'll definitely get noticed. You know, if you're working hard and you're getting good results, um, you're bound to get noticed and you know, when you approach teams, they'll take you seriously if you say, hey, I won this and I've been racing this. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be anything big, but, you know, if you have laps under your belt, that definitely helps. It's the consistency of um, consistency. sticking with it. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to give do, up. Do you know Carson Hosevar? Do you know who I mean when I say that name? He's, I, I recognize the name. I, okay. I, so he's from Kalamazoo and okay. he started at in quarter midgets his parents owned the track here in Kalamazoo and um now he's racing he raced ARCA at Berlin and he's raced he's racing some bigger races and it's fun to watch kids that you knew when they were little those races and how they've moved up he's the kind of kid that he only wants to race every weekend if they're not racing at a track he wants to go to the go-kart track I mean he's just crazy about racing I think that's kind of the mentality almost that it takes to get to where you are and farther is you have one thing on your mind and focused on that. Would you agree with that? Oh yeah, totally. I mean, if you're taking it seriously and it's something that you really want to do, um, you have to want to do it every weekend because if you get to the cup series, you're doing it every weekend. So if you're not passionate about doing it every weekend right now, you're probably not going to be passionate about doing it every weekend down the road. So definitely I'm the same way if I'm not racing every weekend, which unfortunately I'm not, but I definitely get anxious. I'm just thinking about, you know, when's the next time I can get in a race car. So, yeah, yeah exactly. So um, you were talking about you go to the gym quite a bit. So what what kind of uh, what what would be the level of fitness? I guess I know I know a lot of race car drivers are very, very fit and do a lot of workouts. Why is that important? What what does that help you as far as being a race car driver? I mean, a lot of people don't really realize it, but, you know, driving a race car is really physically demanding, um, and you have to be fit enough to, you know, be focused and, you know, keep up, you know, keep the same intensity throughout the entire race, which is difficult, especially with the longer races. Um, it's hard, you know, it's not just turning a steering wheel, you have other things going on, so you want to make sure you're fit enough to be able to race as well as, you know, focus on other things on top of that, so definitely fitness is key. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I have to assume it, it must be a big part of it because so many drivers, even NASCAR cup drivers run and do all these things. They're in great shape. So, and the heat, you have to be able to withstand the heat and the rain and the, it's snowed this year. There's all kinds of exactly. the weather besides. Yeah, absolutely. So um, who's inspired you the most as far as racing? Um. Hmm. I'd say when I was little, definitely Danica Patrick was an inspiration. I feel like all little girls she inspired. Um, so yeah, definitely when I was little, I definitely looked up to Danica Patrick. But there's other race car drivers now. Um, definitely, probably my favorite one is Jimmy Johnson. I think is really cool. Like he's accomplished so much. To even accomplish like half of what he's accomplished would be like so amazing. Um, so I definitely look up to what he's done. Um, and I just think overall, he's just a good role model and everything. So I definitely look up to him. Okay. 
Would you say that you have been um, a good learner? Have you been, you know, you hear the expression, people are very teachable. Would you say that you're teachable or do you, are you more independent and kind of want to learn things on your own? Definitely teachable. I've heard that I'm teachable. So I think I'm teachable. Um, I definitely, you know, when I have a coach and when I'm at the racetrack, I'm like, I want to hear like, you know, don't sugarcoat it. I want to hear what to fix, you know, what I'm doing wrong. You know, if I'm off the pace, tell me I'm off the pace and what to fix. Um, I think it's really important to be teachable in racing because, you know, even if you're the fastest one out there, like you still don't know everything. There's still other stuff that you can learn. Um, so it's important to listen to coaches and everything because they help out a lot, um, especially with like stock car racing. You know, I don't know a whole bunch about it. So without Venturini and all my coaches helping me, I definitely wouldn't have done nearly as well. Okay. So when you're in the ARCA car, have you ever said something over the radio that you didn't mean to because the radio was on and it, you know, just something or something funny that's happened? Have you had anything happen like that? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. I don't say a whole bunch over the radio. Like I'm not the type of driver to be going down the straightaway complaining about the setup. I usually just kind of, I'm pretty quiet over the radio. I don't really complain much. I don't really say a whole bunch. Um, I'm sure like once I get, you know, more comfortable with the cars and stuff, I'll probably talk a little bit more and everything. Um, but no, I haven't had any incidents. <laughs> okay. Well, that's, that's good. I had somebody tell me that they said something over the radio and they forgot it was on. And so I just wondered. So um, is it different having a spotter like talking to you? Yeah, it's definitely different. I mean, with the USAC Silver Crown cars, we have a spotter. Okay. Um, so it was different last year was my first time having a spotter with the late model cars. Um, and at first I thought it was so weird. <laughs> When my spotter first talked to me during when we were testing, it was my first time with anybody talking to me over the radio. He talked to me and I like got off the gas pedal. He's like, okay, I'll just not talk to you. But, you know, once I got used to it, um, I'm fine with it now. But I definitely prefer when my spotter talks to me down the straightaway rather than in the turns. Okay. So I, I was going to ask you, when, when do you like to have them talk to you? I mean, obviously, they tell you if there's something going on. That's the purpose of them being there. But... What other kinds of things do they tell you, you know, other than there's a rack ahead or something? Oh, I mean, every driver is kind of different with what they want their spotter to tell them. Some of them, you know, they don't want their spotter to talk a whole bunch. For me, I want my spotter to tell me a lot, especially with the ARCA cars. You know, I told my spotter, like, hey, like, coach me throughout the race. You know, if I need to adjust my line a little bit, you can tell me that. Um, just because those cars are still, were still really new to me. So I was like, I'm open to talking a lot, you know, give me corrections. Let's improve my driving while I'm getting some laps down and battling. Okay. So um, do you have a, a person involved in racing? It might be a driver and it might not. Jimmy Johnson, you know, I know you said you liked him, but do you have someone that you haven't met that would be like the one person you really want to meet? Hmm. That's a good question. I would have said Jimmy Johnson, but I met him this year. Um, probably, shoot. I don't know. Like, all the drivers that I look up to, I'd say I've met, which is good. But. You're lucky. Yeah, I am lucky. Yeah, because Jimmy Johnson and Kyle Larson, I both think they're really amazing drivers. I look up to both of them. I met them both. And then. 
with the USAC side, Cody Swanson. I think he's one of like the best drivers ever. And I've met him and he's actually, he actually helped coach me at Salem, which was really awesome. So those are the drivers that I really look up to and I've met all of them, which is really cool. Okay. Well, that's a good thing. And that's, you know, that's kind of a a fun thing to share because um, everybody kind of, if you're involved in racing, everybody has their favorites and the ones they'd like to meet. Right. So um, the fact that you've gotten to meet them, it, it probably encourages you as well that you're going to get to that level at some point in your career. So do you ever practice, do the iRacing and practice like that, do the video game thing? So I've actually never tried iRacing before, but my dad just got it all set up back home in California, and I'm going to go there next week. So I'll give it a try for my first time next week. I don't know what to think about it. I know a lot of race car drivers use it, so it must help to some extent. Um, Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I won't leave it until I try it. But definitely a lot of race car drivers use it. So I'm interested to see how realistic it actually is. Yeah, that's what I wondered about it. So whether and I don't really know much about it other than I hear them talk about it all the time. (laughs) But um, it must be like the NASCAR, the big tracks. And, you know, it's like a video game. And I assume. And yeah, so it's I can see how you would maybe get more comfortable with the layout of the track and where your line should be. So I can I can kind of see how that would would help. So when you all, all these tracks have been new for you this year, right? The Arca tracks. Yes, all the Arca tracks were completely new for me this year. So how long does it take you going around the track till you feel a little more comfortable? You know, like before racing, like how many practice laps does it typically take you till you feel a little comfortable? Um. I'd say it would depend on the track. Um, I mean, with Madison and Gateway, I definitely got more comfortable with those tracks um, sooner than I did at Chicago. Um, Chicago definitely took me longer just because that track was massive compared to what I'm used to racing. Um, So that one definitely took me longer to get comfortable with. Um, But I mean, you know, with the one day shows, it's hard to even get really comfortable with a track like with Madison, you know, I was like, okay, cool. I'm comfortable with the track. Now I have to like, you know, be also comfortable with the car. Um, and it was hard because, you know, you basically practice, then go right into qualifying and then you go racing. Um, so you have to adapt really fast and it's hard when you're not super familiar with the car plus the track. Um, but all the tracks, I feel like I adapted pretty quick too. Um, Chicago was definitely the most difficult though. Yeah, that, that was a big track. Just, just <laughs> getting from the infield to the stands was a hike. I can tell you, I did it a couple times. It's, it was a big track, but I loved it. I, I, that was, that's one of my favorite ones that I've been to. So have you had a cool non-racing experience with either somebody famous that you've met or just um, anything that opportunities maybe you've had because of the situation you're in Um, besides meeting Jimmy Johnson? (laughs) experiences my life revolves around racing so it's kind of cool oh actually um hmm something i've done some cool stuff this year definitely not completely racing related i did a few photo shoots um which were all really cool i got to work with really amazing people and then i also went to the espies they were all kind of you know racing related in a way um mm-hmm. but obviously what i wasn't like actually Anything, so. so the photo shoot, what was that for? Is it something you can tell us about or is it a secret? Yeah, so all the photo shoots that I've done so far, they've all been released. Um, 
I did my most recent one was for Flaunt Magazine, which was really cool. It turned out really amazing. Um, and I did that photo shoot, I think, in like February. So I had to keep that one a secret for a really long time. Um, but it just got released last week or a couple of weeks ago. Um, so that one definitely turned out really cool. And I did a couple others this year, which I'm really happy about. I get to work with really amazing people when I do that stuff. So it's cool. Yeah, that's that sounds like kind of fun. But I also hear that that's really hard work. So it's at least um, you were in your racing suit when the weather was cold and not yes. out in <laughs> 100 degree heat. Yes. So um, I think I've gone through like all my questions, Tony. So what have I not asked you about that you would like to share with our audience either about what it takes to be a racer or your experience, anything else that you would like to share that I haven't asked you about? Um, I mean, I can kind of talk more about what it takes to be a racer. I know like I get a lot of questions. Um, a lot of people usually ask me over my social media, like, you know, how can I be a race car driver? Um, and it's hard to answer all of them and kind of, you know, give them the whole rundown and like a little comment. Um, but you know, I feel like people think it's something really difficult and there's this whole, you know, a bunch of stuff that goes into it, but, um, really to be a race car driver, like, you know, just, you know, obviously you have to start in go-karts, but you can move up to like bandoleros, legend cars, uh, midgets like I did and basically a race car driver. I mean, um, there's no, nothing, anything too special to it, just, you know, when you're making laps around the track and you're racing a race car, you're basically a race car driver. Um, and if you want to move up the ladder, just it's all about consistency and, you know, doing races as much as possible. Um, and again, it doesn't matter what kind of race car you're in. You can be in really any race car. You don't have to be in the fanciest race car, the fastest race car, the top series or whatever. It can really be anything. Just move your way up. And, you know, it doesn't matter what you're racing. If you're racing a race car, you're a race car driver. So, <laughs> That's that's very true. Um, you know, one of the things that I'm I'm working on for the International Women's Motorsports is we're going to be doing some training webinars sessions for, um, you know, basically women, but it wouldn't necessarily have to be girls or women about uh, some of it is about um, is going to be about how you present yourself and nutrition and interviews like how to how do you answer questions in an interview yeah. or how how do you interview somebody else because sometimes maybe you'll have that opportunity or all the different things that it takes to kind of move up the ladder because there is a lot of competition you know really in racing and so that's one of the things that I'm working on it's going to be coming out in the fall uh, it's going to be like a mentorship program for that kind of thing. I, I said, I can't teach you how to drive the car, but I can talk to you about branding and social media and all those other things. So important stuff too. You know, if you want to make it up the ladder, that's all very important. It's all very important. Absolutely. Yeah. So, well, I'm not sure I'll get to see you this weekend, but I sure hope so. So, um, I thank you so much for taking time to be with me, Tony. I'm glad I stood and talked to you that day. Um, at Michigan, I had no idea who you were. No offense, I'm sorry. Oh no! But, um, but I'm I'm glad we got to talk, and we've you know we've kind of developed a friendship now over the last this few months in the summer. So, um, if I don't see you, good luck in your race this weekend. And uh, people should follow you on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. It's your name. 
that's easy enough for them to find. It's in bright purple letters right here, bright purple right here above your head. You just can't see it. So they know how to find you. And I encourage you to just keep doing what you're doing. You're, you're an enjoyable young woman to talk to. And I've enjoyed the interview. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. You're welcome. So all my friends out there, you need to take a listen to this interview with Tony. If you want to be a race car driver, or you might want to be a tire specialist like our friend Liz. You might want to be on, on Tony's crew. She had a young gal that was on her crew. There are so many opportunities in racing for women. You don't have to be the driver. It's great if you are and that's what you want to do. But there's so many other things that need to be done to get and get their car on the track. There's so many things that all of you women out there could be good at if you wanted to be involved in racing. So I love interviewing these young gals. Um, we're going to have some great interviews coming up. So I want to thank everybody for listening tonight. Please like and share this show on your Facebook pages. And I thank you again for listening and we'll talk to you soon. Good night.